0: This week on Another Brother. That's why I just don't trust clowns. (laughs) It's not that I'm I'm fearful of clowns. I just do not trust them. Well, I'm glad we weren't traumatized from our early years of extremely irresponsible horror. (laughs) (laughs) Like exposure. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like the entry level. And then the next level is remote viewing. Then what, you know, what the heck is stage five and six? Yeah. Stranger Uh, things. Yeah. yeah. Becoming at eleven. Brother, over here. Brother, over there. Brother, everywhere. Another brother. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, October is. Upon us. It's one of our favorite months. Out of all the months, it is my favorite month. Mm. And Whoa. you've got 12 to choose from. It's <laughs> so yes. a pretty high, <laughs> it's a high uh, award. <laughs> yeah. I was telling Liz, I forget how, every year I forget how much I like fall. Mm. Nice, cool, crisp air in the mornings. It's still warm up to be comfortable temperatures in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the color's changing. Apple cider. So that's like just the season itself. And then you throw in all of the Halloweeny stuff right. and just that feel of fall as well. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, I don't know what it is about fall for me either. But I, I think in general, you're supposed to feel the most rejuvenated and renewed in spring. Like, that's mm. what spring is supposed to be. New beginnings. Not for me. Fall. Fall all the way. I just feel so alive in the fall. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because there's more rain. There's more noise, if mm. you ask me. Maybe, yeah. At least from Oregon. Right. And it was colder and crisper. It's so like the cold air kind of helps you snap snap in. And... Yeah. All the but... fog. I like fog. The the fall weather is definitely nicer in Utah. It's drier so, in general. Yeah, so it's not as wet as Oregon. So like you can sustain being outside for long <laughs> <Right>. times. <laughs> right. And yeah, and all the coloring and changes. Yeah. And Oregon is always just you know storms, stormy, which I like too. Sure. You know. So I really did like that. Then you have the wet, soggy leaves everywhere. On like every sidewalk and street, and so <laughs> yeah. and so, you have all that smell with it too, right? Yeah, and the smell of worms coming up out of the ground whenever it rains, right? We're worms having a, make a smell. Iron. You never, you know, the smell. Petrichor. Of rain? It's called petrichor. Petrichor. That's what the cause of petrichor is. It's the worms. I haven't heard that before. I'm pretty sure. I because they're drawing up elements with them out of the earth. Coming out of the, out of what the I've heard is it's the the dust. Mm-hmm as the water hits the ground like dust comes up into dust. the ground and i'm uh, pretty sure no ever since elementary school when i saw worms coming out of the ground and and hanging out on the blacktop and it yeah. was raining yeah. and i smelled that smell so you I just decided knew you know, that's what cool. <laughs> 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 it was evident okay <laughs> well either way yes i also enjoy petrichor and we're having a or at least we did for a couple weeks Like a week or two ago, a real fall in Utah this year too, but it's back to being a bit warmer than I would normally consider to be fall weather. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it was in the seventies today. Yep. Yeah, actually, eighties today. Eighties. Yeah. uh, Last two days, even I think super sunny. I mean, I sweat on our evening scooter Scooter. (laughs) 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 I hate that. Yeah, we have we've had some rainstorms the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh it's been nice. Cooler temperatures. Larissa and I went for a hike. Yeah. It's a great hike too. Have you been out to that canyon? Uh, Adams canyon? Um, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know if I've gotten into the canyon though. Oh, it well, it is it is a bit of a hike just to get into the canyon from the parking lot. Is this with the sandy switchbacks? Yeah. yeah, I hate. Yeah, the switchbacks suck. I hate that hike because I, yeah, we always well, have the kids. I can never get into it far enough <laughs> to enjoy it uh-oh. because of so the it's kids. just miserable. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I have never gotten to a point where I'm like in trees, right? For cover. Well, then you need to go back one time where you can go for the hike. That doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, once you get into it. I think it beats Rock Canyon. It's a great hike. It's very different, though. It's it's yeah. It's it's steeper. It's like somewhere between Rock Canyon and Slate Canyon, as far as like rigorousness. of the Wait, hike Does goes. this have a Does this have a waterfall at the end? Large waterfall. Okay, I have been. Okay, I don't know how, but yeah. <laughs> so I, during winter, did you and Heather go during winter, Jacob? I've never oh. gone with Heather in the winter. No. Okay, then I think I'm thinking of one up in Ogden, maybe. Well, this isn't really what we were <laughs> going to talk. Well, about. well, I was I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. W- With the rain, you know, work. I work in the basement, but I've got a nice big window. It's uh-huh. a basement that's like you know, half sunken, right? So it's a big window. Well, I can see outside to the backyard, to side of our backyard, and I can see when it's raining there's a plant that drapes over and I can see that it's wet and dripping Mm. off. And it's nice and cool in the basement. And again, it just, while I'm working, it brings in that fall feeling to me. And I just get this sense of like needing to consume scariness. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I usually find like a podcast that, actually I found a new one you guys about. Oh, yeah, and I just listen to creepy stories and it just makes me happy. Yeah. I get so sad that I work so much in audio and I can't, can't I can't listen. Yeah. It's, it hurts. I want to listen to like a Stephen King book or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would love to as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told right. you guys years ago all I had access to was booty mix. <laughs> these two YouTube compilations called Booty Mix. <laughs> it was like Booty Mix 2016 oh, no. and Booty Mix 2018. <laughs> and it was like just... <laughs> pirate booty or like rapper booty? Uh, not pirate booty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Booty, booty, you got a big booty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I don't even know how to refer to it. It's so far out of my element. Why would they allow... Never mind. Let's not go there. Who knows? You weren't there for the episode that came out today. Mm -hmm. The today of while we're recording right now. (laughs) So you'll have to listen to it because it's about a haunted experience that I want to go do. Okay. It's in Kaysville. I'll tell you what, if we combine what I talk about today Mm. with that experience, I'll go. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Teeing us up. (laughs) Uh, A little early, but... (laughs) (laughs) So I think we've grown to enjoy scary stuff, haunted stuff, horror. I think, because dad... Mm Mm-hmm. But I think dad liked it first because grandma. Yeah. And then how did grandma get to like it? I don't it? know that. Oh my I gosh. don't know. That's what we need I to never ask. remember to ask her. She's just the That's OG, the, the original grandma. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, she's got a ton of Stephen King and Dean Koontz. And, yeah.
1: Was and she watches
0: scary movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ants watch them all together. So like it wasn't just dad either. Right. Yeah. And dad, obviously, dad, you know, collects Stephen King first editions and all of, oh, not all the first editions, but all of the books. Yeah. Right, right. Right. He would love to have all the first editions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last I checked, Carrie is like, it's still not a ton when you think about collectibles, <laughs> but it's like, you know, like a mint edition, Carrie first edition is like, I think, 13,000 or something. Oh, oh my. Which, I guess if you consider that he's still a contemporary author and he's still living and well, writing, yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. But in terms of the world of collectibles, that's nothing, right? I suppose. It's probably not even the most know. valuable, though. Yeah. I, I did just find that I own a card, Magic the Gathering card, that could be worth a couple to a few thousand dollars if I could find it. <laughs> 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 I've, I've misplaced it. I don't know where it is. <laughs> you, so I don't know no. what printing of the card it is, is a big and that's every furry beast what's that one called no, friendly giant it's not furry no <laughs> definitely not it's lord of the pit <laughs> was oh, that the two yeah. card one? yeah no no oh, it was like okay. a 9-9 creature though I think I think it's 7-7 seven, seven. okay that was kind of a limit
1: back, back in like, the
0: day he was like kind of like this black craggy do, skin that was like, like pitted and stuff he's like the the demon guy in Fantasia or it might be Fantasia 2000 I can't remember which Mm. But, like, I'm pretty sure it's the original Fantasia. There's a movement where, like, this demon comes up out of the earth. Or like, the, the earth, like, cracks open. And he, like, comes up out of the earth and he's, like, conducting everything with big muscular arms and ghosts are flying out of the ground and looping around all over the place. Mm-hmm. No. That no, might no, have been no. the original. Okay. Well, just a black, leatherly-winged yeah. demon, Yeah, muscular torso guy. Yeah. yeah. I think I was... I remember it. You've had that one for a long, long time. It's High one school. of the first cards yeah. I got. Yeah, Because I remember that. Take your kid to work day. Dad's office. I remember you guys brought magic. And I remember Wow, I don't the remember card this. at that point. Huh. I just remember filing things and breaking windows. I'm watching <laughs> Snow White breaking windows. What? Yeah. Man, I don't remember this. I don't right. remember that. Snow Maybe Jacob got to do the fun things while we were put to work. (laughs) That would make sense. That would make sense. Yeah, Danny traded me a bunch of my rocks for a bunch of his cards. And in that set of cards was this Lord of the Pit. So I really hope it's not one of the really valuable ones or I'm going to feel really bad. Yeah. It's on him. Sorry. Got sidetracked by collectibles, I guess. So my my earliest memory of watching something horror was it mm. at grandma Stuber's house oh, at grandma's on the beach. house you did Lincoln city Lincoln you didn't city, watch no. that at the same time i did did you I was like you would have been five or, yeah cuz i was seven yeah scared the crap out of yep. me yep i still that's why i hate spiders uh, oh i hate spiders because of arachnophobia well, yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, thought. you definitely, did too, Alex. definitely. But it started with it. Uh, okay, I don't even remember getting to that point in the film at Grandma's. Hmm. I just couldn't get past Pennywise. Freaked <laughs> <threw laughs> the heck yeah. out of me. Tim Curry was an excellent. And the whole Georgie scene. Yeah, they all slow down, down here, yeah. Georgie. With the oh, they gosh. all float. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. That's why I just don't trust clowns. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not that I'm fearful of clowns. I just do not trust them. If you're dressed up like a clown, I'm gonna be watching you. <laughs> yeah. And my kids. Well, that's funny. I feel like that's the first truly horror movie I remember watching too. Not at grandma's. Huh. But dad taped it and he would watch it at home too. Oh. I don't think I ever I don't think I actually like sat down and watched the entire movie, but I feel like I was around five as well. and. So we saw parts of it. Hmm. And then there was, I mean, the Shining, Knockers. like Dad taped yeah. all of them. All of them. And I saw parts, parts of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a young age. Sometimes I wonder how we weren't, what's the word? Scarred. Yeah. Traumatized. Traumatized, how we weren't traumatized. I joke because you know, they didn't like us watching The Simpsons at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we'd watch Sign or we'd watch Friends. Right. And all these Stephen King films. <laughs> Even the the big one, Dean Kuhn's um Intensity. Oh yeah. That was I think dad recorded that. I remember watching that as a kid. That? And that's the first made into a film? Yeah. Made, made for TV. No, I haven't. I hadn't seen that. I yeah. read it in sixth grade, though. Right, that's the first. I was gonna <laughs> say that's the first scary book I remember reading, and I was middle school when I read that. And in, intense is accurate. My favorite book, probably still. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. Nice. For me, nothing has compared since seeing it at age seven until The Ring. Ah, I know you're gonna say. it. I saw that in the theaters with a oh. the high school girlfriend. Oh, okay. I don't remember which year it was, so I don't remember which girlfriend, but I think it was my senior year. Okay, big man. Yeah. <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Holy crap. That scared the crap out of me. That was... And, and we had an old CRT TV in our bedroom. I yeah, came home late at night from that movie <laughs> and I just... was I couldn't stop looking at the TV, just <laughs> waiting for it to come on. Who was it that we had over... I want to say it was Chris, but I don't know. Uh, but we were watching uh, yeah, we were watching it at home at night mm-hmm. and then someone freaking called like <laughs> right at the perfect timing with the scene. Oh, uh, that sounds familiar. Oh, I still have that DVD. Wow. Uh, that would have been the one that like, we were watching. Yeah. Parts of that were filmed in Oregon. Huh. The coastal. Really? The rest of it was filmed yes. in Washington state, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Because all of Ring Two is Washington State, like mm. the setting, place names, and everything. Mm. Oh yeah, we old. went to the theater too. though, didn't we? I feel I don't like we remember did. Remember seeing it? Was it like was the Adam theater. and or Max. Yeah, I don't no? remember that. Okay, I just but yeah, that I mean that movie was horrifying. It was so good. That is a good one. Originally a Japanese movie, which I feel like I should watch. No, what was really? the other um, Japanese? So it was originally Japanese, not the picture one. Picture Island or whatever. Uh, the Shutter, Shutter. Shutter. Shutter, Yeah, Shutter. The Grudge. The I Grudge. Think. Yeah. Horrible. Like that was just that was a. Yeah. Maybe it's bad. Freakier adaptation. in Japanese, but yeah, the American. It is. It's better. I've seen it in in the original Japanese. But Shutter and I, Shutter, I've seen the original. The, oh wow. See, I wouldn't understand any of it if I watched it. Well, there it was just <laughs> so subtitles. <sometimes. laughs> Or dubbed but like the premise behind Shudder is like really kind of spread throughout Japanese folklore I think the uh i about that uh, cameras capturing a okay. piece Big, of a soul yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are a lot of cultures around the world that feel that way about video they're, I mean, yeah there are Japanese video games that use the same Fatal Frame <sighs> yeah yeah so I, I feel yeah. like we watched Shudder at BYU yes yeah. my freshman year yeah. Woo, okay. Woo is the one who rented it on Netflix did he really yeah I'm mm. pretty sure we had Netflix back then? The D V D delivery. Oh my yeah. The original Netflix. <laughs> and yeah, we had a bunch of people come over and we all watched it in yeah. our apartment. Then again, that. you that could watch good. I think you could watch Netflix on the Wii. I think there was a Netflix app for the Wii. Um yeah. mm. was the Wii with the big clunky handheld? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yep. So they must no, like have had streaming at that point too. Oh, which which oh. big clunky thing? The the gamepad? Yeah. No, that's the Wii U. Oh, so I know Wii U definitely did. I don't know about I Wii not then. I don't know. I thought it did. Well, I'm glad we weren't traumatized yeah. from our early years of extremely irresponsible horror <laughs> 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 <like> exposure. <laughs> um, I do wonder about why we weren't. But well, yeah, go on. So most people, <laughs> someone like a Heather Would ask, why do you like it? Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Shane just asked me, why do you like violence? Why do you like (laughs) watching violent, extreme violence? (laughs) So, okay, go on. (laughs) This was just last night, but good, good, good timing. And I don't have a good answer. I mean, I just, I like the way I have a little bit of one scared feeling makes me feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's much like the whole aliens and cryptids thing. It's just the, The mystery and the what if. Yes. I think that what you just said is key. What if? Because I think there's a part of your brain, at least with the horror anyway, that doesn't really believe it's real. Yeah. That believes it's definitely not real. But there's that little part of you that's like, but what if it is? (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's why
0: movies are great because you're far enough removed that you can completely safely enjoy it. Right. Well, whenever I watch these, I'm like... I put myself in the role, right? Not the scary horror part of the role, but like the, <laughs> the protagonist or whoever, yeah. the victim. I you're guess. not jigsaw. You're no. not, you're not mama. <laughs> no. And then, uh, have you guys seen Megan? No. Okay. I haven't either. Oh. I just thought of that. Oh, okay. You okay. said mama. Like, yeah. <laughs> Megan. All right. Um, but I put myself in like the role of the victims or the yeah. protagonist of the story. And, and I'm always like, now go do this. And they don't right. do it. I'm like, nah. right. <laughs> and so like that's part of it for me. Just right. like <sighs> the the investment in their stupidity. <laughs> right. Uh, just really and then like I guess that's part of like maybe the safety factor. Like, well, I wouldn't have been in that position because I would have done this other thing. So mm-hmm. you guys are idiots and and just uh <laughs> keeps me like safe from the horror. Because I know I would have been smarter. Yeah. I think there's something adventurous about horror. And I think that's probably why we like it because we, at least we used to be really into adventures, you know, like spending all of that time in Rock Canyon exploring for the adventure of it. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Some sense of, not naivety, but yeah, just something new. Yeah. Pioneering a new experience. One that we wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. Right. Yeah. And
1: Mm -hmm. since
0: we don't believe most or any of that horror stuff is real, it's like, huh, this is new. We can experience this for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fun exploration. Man, but I also love scaring people too. (laughs) And giving them that sense of of adventure. (laughs) and Mortal terror. As long as they're willing. Yeah. You know, last year in October, we said we were going to like, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, no. do random like scares particularly on those oh, yeah like yeah unexpected planned set up scare her type yeah. things and we just never did sorry yeah, Liz. Well, we were lame last year I, with october i didn't really like the idea oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i want to be scared like confronted with it He's going to know how so I'll react. react, is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to hurt us. Yeah. I didn't want to say no when it was brought up, but I was like, oh gosh, no. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. But yeah, it's true. It's, you know, it's been challenging to like, I feel like life is so busy now. It's been really hard to to celebrate Halloween the way, the way yeah. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Because it really is my favorite holiday. Little kids. Especially, it seems like <laughs> these little kids, our our group of little kids, really aren't into it yet at all. Yeah, from, from what I've heard, because I don't have any kids yet, which which makes it all the more challenging for me, <laughs> because I've always want to do this stuff with you guys, and and I don't have the kids to be like reminding me that that's what life is as a as a parent. I don't have that oh. constant reminder that that's what life is. So oh, it's yeah. like I want to do this. Oh. Yeah, they're just not old enough yet. Caden is. That's true. That's I think fair. think Caden's there now. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And cool. Henry will definitely tag along once he's old enough as well. So we should try to do, we should do a at least one horror event. We should do an escape room. Horror escape room? There's an escape room at the mall. Right. Oh. Oh, yeah. There is. Kind of detached, but yeah. yeah. Or a night hike. Hmm. I love a good. Fall Actually, that's night what hike. I want to do so badly. I didn't. I was texting you guys earlier when Heather and I went down to Provo. Mm-hmm. I didn't come right out and oh, yeah. say it, right. or did I? Did I? I want to go down to Provo one like Friday or Saturday night so badly mm-hmm. and hike it. When was that? You, you, were, you were still on your you were business gone trip, though. still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I put everything. Yeah, outside. I mean, yeah, I wanted to go down there and record a session in the canyon about. Yeah our favorite time of the year but I don't I don't know how practical that would is for all you guys so I just have to wait for you guys to (laughs) to make it happen I like scary things (laughs) should we make it a full hour episode (laughs) no ah students Dude, did you turn on the radio? No. What are those lights flickering? Parrot. Normal. Hour. Today, I want to discuss this crazy, crazy U.S. government funded special access program called Project Center Lane. Okay. You might have heard of it or pieces or components of it without knowing exactly what it was. As portrayed in Stranger Things? Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Lines up. Nice. Yeah, yeah, probably. And it's very possible that there's multiple similar projects. Sure. But this yeah. is early 1980s. Okay. Late 1970s to early nice. mid-1980s. So in in 1983 the U.S. Army, through one of its high-level directorates, acquired roughly $500,000 to fund this project. And it had been going on before, prior to this year. But in today's money, that's about $1.5 million. Okay. Okay, so $1.5 million to fund aspects of Project Center Lane. Now, let me tell you, I have a contract statement of work here for it that has been declassified <laughs> okay, in 2003. Okay. And let me just read some of these items, like top level items that they're funding with this. Okay. okay. Personnel identification and selection. Okay. So you're identifying people that are prime for this project, whatever this project okay, is. Got it. Got it. Um, undetermined at this point. Target search techniques. And the detail of that is. To investigate and test the target search technique of the, quote, discrete search and, quote, continuum search, a.k.a. dowsing. Methods of locating objects, individuals, and facilities. Okay. Item number three, special orientation techniques. Concurrently training for Army personnel in coordinate remote viewing stages one through three. Okay. Coordinate remote viewing. And I believe what that is, is you give them a coordinate. A coordinate. It's an obfuscated coordinate. So it's not like an X, Y, or a lat long. It's an obfuscated coordinate. And you test them to see if they can remote view that. So you know what the location actually is. We're talking like telepathy. We'll get there. Okay. (laughs) But the term you're looking for is psychoenergetics. My bad. Of which telepathy is one. And telekinesis. Sure. Okay, here's another thing they were funding. Geophysical factors... Extremely low-frequency remote viewing correlation studies to investigate the possible effects of ambient geophysical low-frequency electromagnetic factors on remote viewing performance. All right. And one more item, special orientation techniques. Train one army person in stages five and six. So that special orientation techniques where they train you on remote viewing, that's stages one through three. So, this last line item is to train one person on stages five and six. Okay. So, if they're starting at like dowsing, is like your entrance level. Like in, with the rods, that dowsing? That's dowsing, yeah. yeah. So, okay. this would be like, Just make sure it's the same, same yeah, term. Yeah. This might be more of like a telekinetic dowsing, like a remote dowsing of sorts.
1: Right. Not using
0: the... <laughs> dowsing ...hardware. Right. Just using whatever... In your head to find something. Yeah. So, that's like the entry level. And then the next level is remote viewing. Then what... You know, what the heck is stage five and six? Yeah.
1: Stranger Uh, things. Yeah. yeah.
0: Becoming at 11. Okay. So, this thing is... When Josh (gasps) kept saying they were funding, they is the U.S. government. <laughs> yes. Stages 5 and 6. 5 plus 6 <sighs> equals 11. <laughs> it makes so much sense. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> so this initially, project. I'm talking about Project Central Line right now. So this is the funded special access program that is used in Army Intelligence and Security Command, so INSCOM, to conduct these psychoenergetic operations. So they're operationalizing the science behind remote viewing, basically, to conduct military intelligence collection operations. Science or, or pseudo. pseudoscience? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, it's a great question. I, I hope you have answers <laughs> to it. I'd love to hear them. Well, this is not a totally solved mystery. <laughs> okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But maybe I'll come back with a totally solved mystery on that. I mean, it was apparently effective enough. I'll, let me go into this. So, this Project Center Lane began in nineteen seventy nine. What I just read you was funding for nineteen eighty three, right? Oh, so they've had at least some success already. Yes. So this is a this was a continuing program, uh-huh. like outlining the stages, probably through some experience with what people can do. Yes, and they began at one stage with different sciences or pseudosciences or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and then they progress as they identified training and uh, how would I say it? techniques that were more effective. Okay. They you know changed the program to follow these. Like the most effective things, until they got to something that I'll talk more in depth on, called hemisync. Okay, it's a process called hemisync. Hem- All right, think hemispheric synchronization of uh, your brain. Okay. So I also have here in front of me a declassified briefing that the project manager, a guy named Lieutenant Colonel Busby would give to people when briefing them on project center lane. And again, at the time, so in the briefing, like this was a special access program, which saps are like the U S intelligence community's highest kept secrets. Hmm. Like the most Makes sense. critical programs that you have to protect, like the, the bare minimum of people who have a need to know, know about it. Right. Nobody else will know about it. Even if you have like, so we talk about Dave Grush and like this his congressional hearing and things. He's talking about a bunch of saps, right? And so the issue I had with these the congressional hearings and these congress people but like well how can we didn't get we we weren't allowed to see this or no special about access. It. Yeah, yeah it, like that's not how it works. Just be, there there has to be oversight, but just because you're in an oversight function doesn't necessarily mean that you get to know everything that's going on. Right? Hmm. Cuz that's how we protect the information and the sources and methods. So this briefing I'm looking at like at the time this was still an active operational um, special access program. And you know they go through the introduction and like okay we're going to have to have you you know sign this memorandum saying you acknowledge the details and requirements for having to re- receiving this briefing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know all the implications of now you know this information and here's your responsibilities moving essentially forward essentially an NDA. Yeah. Yeah, very intense NDA. <laughs> so here he goes on his first slide. He says, sir, the INSCOM, so that's the U.S. Army's Intelligence and Security Command. Uh, the INSCOM central lane project involves the use of psychoenergetics for intelligence purposes. Psychoenergetics are the process by which an individual may psychically interact with objects, locations, organisms, or events. This includes such disciplines. Yeah. So we're talking... Uh, I don't... I have I don't, not had enough time to dive into <laughs> what is called the, the Gateway Experience. But the Gateway Experience uses hemisync, quote, technology yeah to, to basically prime the individual to be able to unlock these psychoenergetic innate abilities. Where they can then interact with space and time, apparently. Yes. So, yep, you nailed it. And space and time kind of becomes irrelevant. And according to this like 70-page memo that was declassified, Mm -hmm. you can, like as you progress through these stages, you can, the easiest thing, or (laughs) not the easiest Mm -hmm. thing, but you can eventually like look in the past. Right. You can like remote view into the past. What? And then you can remote view into the future. No. This sounds like the hypnosis stuff that hypnosis is part of it Larissa has read about sorry can, yeah. can we just say something about the fact that this 70 page document is a memo
1: <laughs> no memo <laughs> Seven, come
0: on guys it's more what? of a memorandum I guess isn't that what a memo is well memo is a short memorandum right? okay because <laughs> it's a short a one. <laughs> still feels like it should be a report I mean it's like memo it's memo format and memo letterhead that's <laughs> so weird for seventy pages. That is pretty anyway, bizarre. Anyway. Yeah. What's nuts is um so that memo was written it was addressed to the commander of US Army Operational Group. So US A O G, which was headquartered at Fort Meade, Maryland. Hmm. So a lot of people have sent in FOIA requests, but US Army Operational Group as an organization doesn't exist anymore. Uh, or or does it not, not exist. Anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it okay. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> all right. And, and so, it took all the most sensitive saps with it. Uh. So they. Ha- <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like what bullies used to call yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, you sensitive sap. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people sent like FOIA requests for additional information, but it's like you can't find the you can't find the office to send it to because they don't exist. And they're like, okay, well. We know U.S. Army Operational Group fell under the purview of INSCOM, U.S. Army INSCOM. Yeah. So then they send the FOIA request to INSCOM, and INSCOM's response was, I don't know. That's not us. Hmm. We don't know. That organization dissolved, and wherever they went to, if they went anywhere, the files would have gone with them, and we just, we don't know. Deep state. (laughs) Federal (laughs) government at its finest. (laughs) So that's thrown a lot of people for a loop. Yeah. Okay. So, so this guy, this Lieutenant Colonel, who's the program manager for this SAP Project mm-hmm. Center Lane, Buzz says something. Busby. Busby. Yeah. Yep. He says this includes so psychoenergetics. This includes such disciplines as psychokinesis, remote viewing, and remote communications. Mm, cool. That is the crux of Project Center Lane. I mean, the Duffer Brothers have obviously heard about this. There's just no way they haven't, right? Yeah. They had to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was this was declassified in 2003. The remote viewing Any in particular, time. like that's what I found so interesting about 11 and Stranger Things was when she was doing that. Yeah, so then in this briefing he talks about the history and it actually goes back to 1972. Hmm. So he says in the early 1970s serious consideration for psychoenergetics, primarily in the form of remote viewing as an intelligence gathering tool received great impetus. This so, would have been shortly after or shortishly after Men That Stare at Goats. <laughs> Which was I think that was in the sixties, mid to late sixties. Well, I think um MK Ultra was sixties. That was the um like L S D Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this like they've been toying around with this and apparently it started with the Soviet Union. Okay, I was gonna mm. ask if it's accurate to say that this was in response to the Soviet yes. Union. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what I was reading was saying that uh, we had collected on Soviet Union efforts towards these similar things and had determined that because the Soviet Union was funding it more and more. So they were escalating their funding and scope of these projects. And so the U.S. was like, well, crap, we got to get in on this. We don't want to because they were afraid. So part of this project Centerline was to train individuals not only in intelligence collection but intelligence counterintelligence techniques. That's what I thought. Remote viewing counterintelligence. Well, that's what I was wondering. Setting up shields or misinformation, disinformation. uh, Well, That's what I'm wondering. Was this actually just a decoy on Russia's part? Oh, yeah. Look at all this funding we're putting into a completely pointless thing that the Americans (laughs) will totally waste money on. Maybe. I saw a video. There's this Russian psychic gal who was like moving a watch across the table. It looked pretty bad, though. I'm pretty (laughs) sure that was pretty fake. But, um, well, I'm going to have to look into it from the Soviet side. I think think they were definitely investing deep. Okay. Yeah. So, interesting. In in this briefing, he defines remote viewing as the acquisition and description by mental means of information blocked from ordinary perception by distance, shielding, or time. Hmm. Information blocked by distance, shielding, or time. Using several apparently gifted psychic subjects, scientists conducted a review of CIA-sponsored tests. Much detailed, accurate information. Some of it previously unreported was provided about a secret. Oh, okay. So they tested. CIA tested a bunch of these people that seemed to have innate, Mm -hmm. already like psychic type. And they trained them briefly on remote viewing and then tested them. And these people that they tested, this is what he's saying. These guys were able to provide information, unreported, in- accurate, unreported, detailed information about a secret NSA facility, a Soviet research and development facility <laughs> in semi- <laughs> Semipalitinsk. It's romanized anyway. I don't know. Yeah, A guerrilla training base in Libya. Whoa. And then some redacted stuff. So, some other no. things. <laughs> oh, no. Something so cool that it needed to be redacted oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. redaction in this. Wow. Yeah. So, because of these successful tests that kept happening over and over, they just kept building the program and figuring out better ways to do it. So, I'm, I'm going to want to know if there's legitimate success out of this. Yeah. Why? Well, that's, what the, that's what that was. I, I know. Yeah. So, if that's true, yeah. they, they did, in fact, locate these facilities. Mm-hmm. Why did this stop? Has it stopped? Mm. Are we still doing this? Well, so interestingly, in the early '80s, like 1981, they created a um, a cover term, unclassified cover term, so you can talk about it in the public, called "grill flame," and they created a grill a joint service grill flame committee. So joint service meaning you know Army, Navy, Air Force, yep. whatever. Yep. Non military agencies who would have interest in this um and this joint service committee for grill flame would meet to discuss this now largening, broadening project. So not only it's not just army anymore. Yeah. And um Air Force was like, this is ridiculous I'm out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it which is so true. I mean, when you talk about the services, like the Air Force are, my gosh, these guys don't believe in anything. <laughs> like they're so smart, so uh, hoity-toity. It's true, I guess all the alien sightings has been the Navy, not the Air Force. Right? Air hmm. Force doesn't believe in these things. Hmm. So the Air Force withdrew because they're like psychoenergetics <laughs> is a bunch of pseudo science. Right? right. Going back to what you said earlier. Right. So they kicked them out, and they're like, "Fine, we're better now that we don't have them anymore." But I mean, that just shows that it started. Army was initially interested in 1972, and it blew up into a joint service joint agency program that continued hmm. to re- receive millions of dollars of funding year on year you know yeah. um, I just want to know was the Coast Guard included <laughs> like, I'm not like, sure the think, Coast Guard was around think yeah. about the SAR yeah. potentials of yeah. that, you know like yeah. where are these people we gotta find them okay <laughs> well, listen to this he, in his briefing he says I want to provide you with an over- overview of INSCOM's operational efforts over the past five years so this would be 1979 to 1984, I think. So during 1979, we conducted 79 operational missions, 43 of which were dedicated to assisting the intelligence community during the Iranian hostage crisis. <laughs> what? <laughs> so these guys were supporting the Iranian hostage crisis through remote viewing on behalf of the CIA, uh, the intelligence community. Okay. Let me go. Let me find the statistical wrap up. Overall, In the past five years, so 1979 to 1984, we have conducted over 750 operational intelligence collection missions. Wow. Wow. That's. And he even discusses here. You're talking about like, do they still exist? If not, why? Right. So there's a lot of, as this conversation itself is showing, there's a lot of political and. The Air Force, you know, a lot of questions like, really, are we really funding this? Is this for real? Right. So, because of that, over those five years, they had a lot of personnel change and it was really mm-hmm. difficult to keep staffing the program effectively. Mm-hmm. So, at this point in 1984, so he says, our personnel strength at the end of fiscal year 84 will be nine operational personnel and two support personnel. So, they're just, it's just getting harder and harder to keep people, probably because of the stigma. You yeah. know, we talk about the UAP stuff right, too, right. and there's just a stigma associated with anything that doesn't seem extremely rational or extremely logical. Yeah, but if it's working, but it's a sap though, so that's part of it, right? So hmm. you can't. No one, like the even the co- the consumers or customers of the information coming out of this project, are going to be so limited in number that you're probably not really able to demonstrate the effectiveness of the project very well. And so, when you hit like the headwinds of political change, you're probably just gonna get defunded. Like, uh, like in like in Alan Turing's Enigma breaker. Oh yeah. Breaker. Like, they couldn't talk about it until long after the war, that they had a basically oh. computer for breaking Nazi encoding. Because, like, how much danger would those people's lives be in if anybody found out who they were? Yeah. 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 Right. right so you, and then you don't want to tip your hand to the soviets like in right. case their stuff's not working but Better start is. using some of that shielding yeah i mean it's just so fascinating in 1983 they served seven different customers to include cia nsa fbi so clearly clearly it's effective that's that that's why i mean that's why it's surprising to me that there was so much personnel turnover yeah if the funding was there the results were happening, why were people dropping out of the program? I wonder because as far as stigma like again your special access, no one's going to know what you're doing, no one's making fun of you. yeah, that's oh, interesting. yeah, it's pretty fascinating and they you know so it's a fully enclosed like enveloped program mm-hmm. so they' they continue to study and research all aspects of, the, of what they're doing. To include one of these things that I said was being funded was um gateway geos- geophysical factors, oh. extremely low frequency and remote viewing correlation. Right. So I, apparently there was some evidence that extremely low frequency ELF electromagnetic radiation has a negative effect on one's ability to use psychoenergetics, and so that could be like an an a radio frequency an RF based. Countermeasure to right. remote viewers. So if you just like you, you like jam, you're like jamming their psychoenergetic yeah. ability <laughs> by transmitting an ELF frequency at them. You know, huh. weird. Okay, so real quickly, because um, just put them in a Faraday cage. <laughs> 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 a little, it's like a they're just like baking because like ah. <laughs> surrounded in metal. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna have time to go into. Project Gateway or the Gateway Experience very much, mm. but again, team, hopefully we'll come come back to this. I can't. Yeah. Oh, it's not seventy pages. Twenty nine pages long. This memo, oh, okay. memorandum. Still a dang long memo. Yeah, it's a memoir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who he was? He was tasked by the commander of the U.S. Army Operational Group to assess the efficacy of this um, Gateway process. So this is a private company called the Monroe Institute that still exists and it's still doing similar products. It's still creating similar products and similar huh. research and training. You can go and attend in person, you can purchase these training materials from them. And so they're, the thing that they developed, which is called the Gateway Experience, is through, I guess, probably the trademark technology is called HemiSync. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it's incredibly complex and kind of smacks of pseudoscience. Sure. It involves hypnosis. It involves a combination of many, like, theoretical underpinnings that it that they blend into a single, like, tra- mental entraining in- technique. Right. That they call hemisync. So, it includes okay. hypnosis, transcendental meditation, biofeedback, and... Um, it basically the point of it is to get your the hemispheres of your brain in synchronicity, right? In both amplitude and frequency, huh. and by doing that, you're able to like so like you, they'll do they'll be doing brain scans on people, right? Right. And when you can get the amplitude and frequency of both hemispheres in sync, the energy radiating off your brain, like just kind of hones in like a laser. So they say a normal human, because of the, just the way our brains are working, the electrical impulses coming off, it it would be more akin to like a lamp. Just an omnidirectional light source.
1: Mm.
0: Or noise. Sure. Yeah. Like a white noise. Spurious noise. Scattered. Yeah. But when your hemispheres are in synchronicity, it's more like a laser. Right. Higher power, so higher amplitude. Yeah. Which, um. Constructive interference instead of destructive interference. Right sort and of a thing so I'm so glad you brought that up because this and Jacob you'll like this I can't find the guy's name right now but a lot of this is built is based on a Russian guy Boris is or something <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> add a ski on there I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um there's this thing where basically your heart I can't remember what the process is called but your talking about frequency frequency is just cycles per second mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anything can be well anything that's cyclical can be measured in frequency or right. hertz sure right so your your heart your whole organic system can be measured in frequencies based on like how many pumps per second of mm-hmm. your heart mm-hmm. so apparently there's some destructive blood patterns in your body based on your the bifurcation of your like aortic valve and something else and so basically one valve pumps blood down mm-hmm. to your legs, mm-hmm. and and then the valve will close. But then there's a bifurcation somewhere lower down the line from your heart, and when blood returns, there's another return path. Else, or your heart pumps again as blood is returning, and pulses of your blood flow will collide and create. It's like a collision domain. Weird. In really? Like, yeah. So you think about like, it's like riptides. <laughs> yeah. But by doing these, uh, transcendental meditations, yoga, certain yoga meditation practices, Zen, uh, Zen meditation, this hemi sync process, you're able to slow your heart. And there's like an optimal rate of like seven, it's like either, uh, seven Hertz or something where there's no collision domain anymore. And you're basically, you're, it becomes like a basically a resonant frequency in terms of your your blood flow, <laughs> but we measure heartbeats and beats, yeah, per, beats minute. per minute. So we we could translate hertz to beats per minute, right? To make it, you could hertz Yeah, time an 60. understandable thing. Yeah, sure. I might have gotten that wrong too because I can't find it. It might have. Don't quote me on the number, but basically, there's like a there is a specific frequency. Yeah, sure. Weird, where you're not. Creating a collision domain. The frequency your, being beats per second of the heart. I or? think you're right. I think it was beats per minute. Oh, okay. Um, which is why I stuttered at seven because that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, even <laughs> yeah, at, even, has, yeah <laughs> beats per minute. That's insane. Beats per second. Super you're dead. <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll find the number eventually sometime. But basically, so it's a it's a it's a tape. So they have these tapes because to get your brain in synchronicity yeah there's certain audio tones and frequencies okay and you go through these meditative breathing and they relax you and you turn your body into like a resonator and you hum you do like this undulating humming pattern to the sound in your ears and interesting so I have about 18 I think of these tapes oh snap (laughs) I don't know if that's the whole thing or not do you, do you literally mean a, a physical tape or do you mean a recording? I have a recording. Okay. Yeah. They were certainly tapes initially. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I have it in digits. So they're MP3s. Okay. And the point isn't really to listen to it so much as to reproduce in sync with it. Well, here's where it gets really nuts. I read something from some guy who like researches this stuff a bunch and he's not a fan of these guys anymore because he was reading their patents. And learned through his understanding of their patents that what they did initially, the Monroe Institute, mm-hmm. was they recorded the brain waves of a bunch of people as they were doing research. And in fact, what they're playing over the tapes are pre recorded brain waves of from other people. Just random the, people in any old state? No. So or who so, are so allegedly part of this part of this uh this research group. So they like Yeah.
1: I don't so, see anything wrong so with that. So while
0: they are so it's attempting not, to remote view those brain I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But the so the challenge with that according to this guy is basically he said it's akin to so say it's an organic process for you and you're just you're able to do it on your own. Yeah. Then it's akin to you like plugging into the internet. Sure. You can surf whatever you want. Yeah. And receive whatever information you want. Yeah. But by having like Someone else's brainwaves played into your brain, and you're opening yourself up to receiving and synchronizing with their brainwaves. It's more like receiving a direct inject of malware mm. or like being force fed a specific web page. Hmm. And so he's like, I don't trust hmm. these guys anymore because I can't control what brainwaves they're in training my brain with. Which is, uh, so it's, mm. it's super curious. I, uh, I can't agree with that metaphor, but. We've gone long enough, so I, I won't get into it. I'll leave it with this. I've done the first three tapes. Tape three is too hard for me. <laughs> okay. It also gets a little too crazy for me because you're like playing with, you're wrapping yourself up in energy and stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. So it got a little too far out there for me, but the first two tapes are amazing. I have never been more relaxed in my life. And I feel like I like mastered the principles in the first and second tape. Uh-huh. And when I'm doing it, I get these like, like one, when I'm actually like in it, I get these crazy kaleidoscopic geometric visualizations in my, in my brain that I can like physically track with my eyes. So I can like watch the kaleidoscope in my field of view, mental field of view, as I'm doing like the humming and resonating and stuff. Huh. And it's just like, it's kind of like starbursts, but they're like, yeah hexagons and octagons and like, different colors and they like, twist and turn and expand and contract and it's, it's crazy. Huh. I'm to share these with us, right? Yeah, I want to try <laughs> <I'll send laughs> to They're huge. They're big files. So I need, um, mm. I'll oh, need, like a thumb drive or something. Thumb drive, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Dang it. That's what I was
0: going to do. Oh, shoot. Dude, you're going to do better. For being our brother Wow did that? That might just be too energetic that? though Okay <laughs> we'll, we'll take another run <laughs> at it Okay For, for being, being our brother <laughs> The first one was too energetic <laughs> Gotcha Production of this podcast is done by Alex Stewart. With music by Jared Poff and Alex Stewart. For show notes, rock and merch and other brother goodness, check out our website at anotherbrotherpodcast.com. Be sure to come back next week and tell your friends so they too can become a brother. Over here. brother over there.